This is a Real Presence Radio News Link. Effective today, the Diocese of Cheyenne has temporarily suspended all Masses, including daily Masses. This decision comes after Bishop Stephen Beagler had a conference call with the Wyoming Governor, Department of Health, and other faith-based leaders. In the Diocese of Bismarck, unless orders can be taken for carryout, Bishop Kagan is asking that all Friday fish fries be canceled for the rest of Lent. The Redeemed Women's Conference, scheduled for next weekend in the Diocese of Fargo, has been canceled and will be rescheduled for spring of 2021. Those who have registered will receive an email with refund information. Other cancellations include the Women of Faith Conference in Duluth, Pastoral Ministry Days in the Diocese of Rapid City, Gift of Hope with Jennifer Fulweiler in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and Matt Frad's visit to the Diocese of Bismarck at the beginning of April. Continue to check with your parish and diocese for other events and functions that have been canceled or postponed. Our next RPR News Link is coming up at the top of the 10 o'clock Central Hour. Stay tuned now for Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Well, good morning, Real Presence Radio Land, and happy St. Patrick's Day as well to all of you. My name is Jack Canelli, and with me is my lovely wife, Doreen, and we will be your hosts for uh, today's segment of Real Presence Live. And let's, uh, well, good morning, Doreen. Good morning. <laughs> let's start with a prayer. Our prayer that we chose this morning is a prayer for a pandemic, and this comes from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati from the Church of St. Columban. And the, um, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May we, who are merely inconvenienced, remember those whose lives are at stake. May we, who have no risk factors, remember those most vulnerable. May we, who have the luxury of working from home, remember those who must choose between preserving their health, or making their rent. May we who have the flexibility to care for our children when their schools close, remember those who have no options. May we who have to cancel our trips, remember those that have no place to go. May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market, remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home Remember those who have no home. During this time, when we cannot physically wrap our arms around each other, let us yet find ways to be the loving embrace of God to our neighbors. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I think it's really important that we remember uh, how the corona virus you know, is affecting people. I work for a healthcare company and our nursing home uh, residents, I'm sure are feeling a, a sense of isolation because they don't get to have the regular visitors that they normally would have. And so I would certainly encourage all of our listeners that if you know somebody who is in a nursing home or is in a long-term uh, uh, hospitalization, uh, call them up if you can, send them a letter, any kind of connection so that they know that they're not alone. And, uh, you know, and not so isolated. 
You know, I was talking to our daughter-in-law yesterday who is um, now homeschooling. And I want to say good morning, Jenna and Maria, Franny, Evelyn, Jack, and Cecilia. Um, Jenna had a great idea. She would, you know, she's home with her kids. They, some of them should be in school. And she's going to have them write letters and make cards for those people that are in nursing homes. Oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I, haven't, I found a piece of information I think that might be handy for, for our listeners as well. I sometimes check the New Advent website, which is a Catholic hub. And one of the articles, the, the, the headline is, I'm a cloistered nun and I've been social distancing for 29 years. Here are tips for staying home amid the coronavirus fears. And uh, she had three ideas. One was to establish structure. The other is to be intentional and love others. You know, do things like call up someone who might be, you know, alone. Um, and then use time for self-reflection and relaxation. I know I, uh, we've got a friend who uh, his wife suggested, well, let's kind of consider like a little retreat for just the two of us. I've also heard that it's a really good thing to keep order in your day. And But we're about to... Um, Introduce our first guest, but before that, because it's St. Patrick's Day, Jack, how can you tell an Irishman is having a good time? I don't know. He's doubling over with laughter. Get it? We should have a drum roll for that. (laughs) This is a warning. She has more of those. You will be getting those interspersed, but... Uh, it's either that or talk about the coronavirus, but we thought we'd give you a little bit of a break from that today. All right. Um, this morning we have with us by phone Dr. Jay Hirschberger, and Dr. Hirschberger is going to talk to us about how music can help us enter in more deeply into Lent. Uh, that's a question that we'll pose to Dr. Jay Hirschberger. Um, he is the choir director at St. Mary's Cathedral in Fargo. And Dr. Hirschberger, are you on the line? I am. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to the show. Um, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Could you... he, Dr. Hirschberger is, is uh, practicing his own uh, social distancing today. We have him by phone, like Doreen mentioned. Yes. <laughs> So, um, Dr. Hirschberger, could you please begin by just telling us a little bit about yourself to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure, yeah. I am the director of music at St. Mary's Cathedral. I'm a Catholic convert, um, a little over uh, four and a half years, five years, I guess, yeah, a little little over five years ago. Uh, my family came into to the Catholic Church, and I'm also a professor of music at Concordia College. I've been there for... Uh, well, I'm finishing up my 28th year there, um, so that, um, that's who I am, and, and I teach piano and organ at Concordia and direct the choir at St. Mary's, so all of, my life has always been about music. So. Oh, how wonderful. So, Dr. Hirschberger, one of my favorite books that I've read, actually I've read it twice, is Why Catholic Can't Sing. Have you ever read that one yourself? <laughs> I, I have not read the book. Um I, uh, there's another book that's called Why Catholics Don't Sing. Uh, and it's a little bit different, uh, uh, a little bit different flavor, and maybe it has a little bit more of an edge to it. Yeah, so, companion um, volume. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. But, uh, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, the, you know, I mean, we, we want to talk about music and Lent, and um, we want to try to help people enter into uh, the season of Lent using music. Um, 
and just to get people to sing, uh, I think that's uh, an important task uh, for the Church, because music does enhance and beautify uh, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And if we can um, help people enter more deeply into that, and especially during this meditative and contemplative time, Lent, uh, music can be a real, um, shall we say, balm, uh, salve. Um, uh, I think of the uh, uh, words of uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky in his uh, novel, The Idiot, um, where Prince Mishkin, who is sort of this naive character, um, who uh, just loves life and and doesn't understand why uh, people enter into conflict uh, because he's always happy. Uh, he makes this wonderful statement in, that in the end, beauty will save the world. Mm. And I think there's something to that uh, that that beauty um, as a part of that you know triptych that uh, both Plato, Plato, Aristotle, and Saint Thomas Aquinas talk about: it, truth, goodness, and beauty. And you kind of have to have all three, and they're kind of interrelated. But in this modern age, we've kind of walked away from beauty a little bit, or we, we've, we've accepted uh, the uh, individualistic notion that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and in matters of taste there is no argument. And so therefore, we, we can't talk about beauty, we can't talk about standards of beauty, oh, that's just your opinion, and so, so you know, what you think really doesn't matter... Uh, the only thing that matters is what I think uh, about beauty. And um, but I think if we if we go back to that idea of truth, goodness, and beauty, and that they're interrelated, that that which is beautiful will um, manifest itself in truth and in goodness. That which is good will also be truthful and beauty, uh, uh, beautiful, and uh, that which is which is uh, true will be good and beautiful. Excuse me, that which is good will be also true and beautiful. Anyway, you get what I mean. Yes, by exactly. How those three are related. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all direct our hearts and minds to God as well. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, Who is the, the definition of beauty. <laughs> right. B- Bishop Robert Barron would certainly agree with this discussion because I know he beauty is what he uh, thinks will bring people back to the Church. Uh, for the, Right. For those who have just tuned in, I want to remind you that you're tuned in to Real Presence Live. Our guest is Dr. Jay Hershberger, and we're talking about how music can help us uh, enter deeper into Lent. Yes. Um, Dr. Hershberger, what, what do you think the essential components of beautiful music are? Um, because I heard Dr. David Clayton, or I don't know if he's doctor, but David Clayton speak once, and uh, he has a, a website called The Way of Beauty, and, and he's at this... Um, event, he said, um, beauty can, will save the world, but you can learn to love ugly. And so, and like you just said, you know, <laughs> how can we objectively evaluate whether music is beautiful or if we've learned to love ugly in music? Right. Well, I think part of it has to do with how, how music functions uh, culturally mm. uh, and in society. And I think that's where part of the, you know, part of the challenge is part of the issue, uh, and, and sometimes part of the, the disagreements is that there are there are certain forms of music that are appropriate uh, mm-hmm. for certain moments in in a culture's life, um, and there are times when that music, which functions well, 
uh, in a particular um, uh, venue or a particular place would not be appropriate uh, in another place. Um, and I think we have to begin to make those distinctions. Um, so what might be perfectly acceptable in a, you know, a, a Saturday night concert, for example, um, might not be the, the, the proper place um, uh, during uh, the Mass. Um, for example, I could play uh, uh, a Chopin etude on the piano during Mass, but that's really not um, the place for a, a, a piece like a Chopin etude. As wonderful and beautiful as, as, as that piece is, and as appropriate as it is in a, in a piano recital, um, it might not be the place uh, in the Mass, um, because I think the, the, the first criteria that you want to look for in music and in, in deciding what, what kind of music you want for Mass is, does it lead us to the throne room mm. uh, of God, because that is, that is who we're ultimately singing to. Um, another thing to think about is that what we that we want to do the music well. Sometimes when we get um, uh, parish uh, surveys, you know, um, and have the parishioners fill out the surveys, you know, and various aspects of of parish life, you know, including the liturgy and you know what are we doing well in the mass, how, you know, um, how, you know how how do you respond to music in the mass and. You know, and, and invariably there will be a comment about um, something to the effect of, you know, why why are, are the musicians performing? You know, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to perform. And my, my rejoinder to that is, is that we have to remember who our audience is, because our audience is uh, the um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, they are who we are singing to. And so we want to do our best for uh, our Lord and God. It reminds me of what uh, King David said in the Psalms. Uh, he said, I-, I will not sacrifice unto God that which costs me nothing. Mm. And so it's important for the musicians involved to try to do their best. Um, you know, because in a sense they are performing for the Lord God. Um and that goes back to this idea that what we want to do is, is everything in, that we do musically should lead us to a deeper adoration, devotion, and thanksgiving toward God. Oh, thank you. That's very beautiful. Something to really um, consider. And I would imagine there's a great challenge when you're in a parish and you're relying on volunteers, you know, that right. fill our choirs, too. Um, right, right, exactly, and that and that goes to the point is that you you just simply have to go with uh, you know the horses that you have <laughs> and do the best that you possibly can, and so you know um, music at the cathedral um, you know is going to be different than music in a in a rural parish, um, and I, I would just simply say to to all of musicians you know that wherever you are just simply try to do your best and uh, be realistic about what can be done and then stick to uh, making 
uh, that which which is doable uh, beautiful mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. beautiful in in the actual performance of the of the liturgy as well as what the the music does in terms of is it appropriate in terms of liturgy uh, of the lectionary readings is it appropriate to the to the season um, we do things differently in um, Lent than we would say in, in the uh, ordinary time or in Christmas or Easter music has a different feel to it during Lent right so music. The beauty of music um, needs to be appropriate for the context, not just is it is it being used for liturgy or outside of liturgy, but right. even the context within the liturgical year makes a difference yep. with the music exactly. that you're choosing. Exactly, that's that's correct, okay. and um, and that's what's wonderful about the variety of music that can be accessed and used in parishes um, is because the seasons are so different, uh, music can be different. Uh, uh, in the different seasons, right, and it speaks to our souls in in appropriate ways. I think that match the uh, kind of the theme of the season. Exactly. Okay. okay. Well, stay with us, listeners. There's more to come as we continue our conversation with Dr. Jay Hersberger here, and uh, looking ahead to Holy Week and the impact of music it has during this all important and powerful time. Real Presence Live continues on the other side of this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 